Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everyone. We are back. What episode is this, G? I think it's five, but you just put me on the spot. I'm nervous. <laughs> it's like we're like, this is episode two. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think it is. I think it, right. is, I think it is episode five. Uh, welcome, everyone, back to the podcast. We're excited that you're here. It's just me and Gianna today. And today we're going to be talking about burnout, how to deal with burnout as a teacher, and also how to re-inspire your practice. So let's start with you, Gianna. What for you equals burnout as a yoga teacher? What does it feel like? What does it look like? And if you could (laughs) paint it in a picture, what would the picture look like? Well, first... I'd use oils. <laughs> <laughs> Which because no. you went to Carnegie Mellon. She went to Carnegie Mellon and she actually did paint with oils. Okay, that is. Can you tell that I'm wearing blush? Yes, but no one else can because we are not visible. I, really I don't like know. Blush. If, I, don't I like, know if I like liquid that. blushes. Do you like liquid blushes? Yes, but you've already changed topics after a really beautiful introduction. So let's get it back on track. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So. I'm really into this topic. I never experienced burnout until I think last year. And I'm still like feeling the repercussions from of burnout because I was teaching like 20, this time last year, I was teaching like 22 classes a week. And that's a lot. If, if those of you, how many was I teaching? I don't know. You don't count. (laughs) What do you mean? I don't count. I literally just made the topic about me. I'm like, okay, how many t- you taught that? Like, how many did Jenna, I teach? You start. Yeah, <laughs> you start. But I'm going to interject. No. Yeah. Um, at one point you were teaching like 22, 25, and I think you haven't. Like, I mean, last year you weren't teaching as many as I was, but I was no, like no, no. kind of going. I have taught that much before, but you were really in it to win it. Yeah. And I also teach for the full 60 minutes, which, you know, every minute Oh my God, G, you're such a bitch. (laughs) I teach for 57 minutes because I want time to talk to my students and I have things to do. Okay. Yeah. We're going to stick with that story. Um, (laughs) But I was teaching about, I think I was teaching 25 classes for the first month, January. And then I like scaled down to 22 and then I scaled down to like 19 And then I scaled down to 16 and then I was like, okay, 16 is like, that's like my max. It's still a lot, but I felt compared to, you know, 25, it was so much more manageable, but, um, there's a lot I had to do differently teaching that much. The first thing I had to do is just like create organization about, uh, about what I'm teaching and where. And so that I know, so I can keep track of like what I'm actually trying to teach students because I, I didn't want to, um, you know, teach something so random one day that they've never see it again the next day. Like I I wanted consistency and organization, like to have a plan about what I was doing. So just in terms of like sequencing, like I had to be extra organized there. And then, um, I teach different formats. I I was doing, you know, 
prenatal, yin, restorative. So I can't use that same sequence for every format. So I would try to, I would, (laughs) (laughs) I would try to like have it at least be a consistent theme or part of the body or whatever Mm. it is that I was doing. Um, but aside from the actual logistics of teaching that much, you spend so much time commuting, just like from one place to the next, to showing up early, to setting up the room, to paying for parking or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I ride my bike. I've been riding my bike all around the city for about five years, all around the year, all around the year, (laughs) (laughs) the entire year in the winter. And like, that's what I spend the majority of my time doing, or especially pre-COVID. So much of my time was just spent commuting, commuting, because you're not going to one spot. Typically, Mm -hmm. I would say 95% of teachers are not going to teach at one studio. They're teaching all over the city in different locations. And that is exhausting. It is. And so learning how to organize your schedule, like for example, this is a really good example. So I teach for Zen Yoga Garage and I teach for Chicago Athletic Clubs. So on Saturdays, I teach three classes at three different locations, but it works in terms of the way that I, in terms of my commute. So I teach at Zen at 9 a.m. Then I teach at Wicker Park Athletic Club, which is just a seven-minute bike ride down the street for another hour. And then I teach at 12 p.m. at Lakeview. That's already on my way home, right? So I go from Zen to Wicker Park to Lakeview. And I'm not wait, I'm not it, it, that that commute makes a lot of sense, even though it's three different locations. It's kind of I've mapped my classes. Mm-hmm. on my way home instead yeah. of, for example, teaching in Bucktown or Wicker Park, going to Lakeview and then going back to okay, Zen. like people from Chicago don't care, Bradshaw. What he means, is, <laughs> what he means is he's being strategic about the location so that it makes sense to commute. It, from it does to the make next. sense. Do you know, know what I'm but, saying? Yeah, but you're thinking real locally. I've seen our stats. We have listeners in Belgium. Okay, well, guess what? In Belgium, <laughs> let me just tell you the studios that I just mentioned, they're, they're very close to each other. And it makes sense for my time. I think that there's, I, you know, that I think that people in Belgium are smart. <laughs> I think you just need to think bigger. Are, is Belgium? Um, oh, God. Waffles. Is it waffles? <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, God, I Bel- can't take what Bel- you're going to say. Is it Belgian or Belgium? Okay, Belgium. You have to stop. Okay. okay, there's, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just okay. want all of the listener, listeners to know. But I'm going to start a GoFundMe so that <laughs> I can use some of my extra time to educate Brad. <laughs> but you know, whenever talk- I'm feeling like I have really a- bad ADD, I sing a song. It goes, ADD, you know me. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, yes, Bradshaw was making a good point. So like making your commute work for you essentially so that it doesn't eat up more time really good way to kind of stack up your classes or if you're lucky you could get back-to-back classes at the same place and i know you have that on fridays at zen too so without baby without promoting your entire public teaching schedule exactly actually (laughs) let me tell you where i'm teaching all week in chicago and if you're in belgium (laughs) you better come here okay um no (laughs) but the the, this is all of a sudden there's an influx of influx of belgian people (laughs) taking yoga in chicago and it's just because of me okay okay sorry 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 okay i i want to yeah i wanted to like segue on why this is a good point and it's because well i don't think people realize like oh i teach 25 classes a week that 
that it's not just 25 hours, you know, it's, it's yes, yes, like yes, people, yes, preach, 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 preach. Yeah. Preach. So it's like, you have to take into account the commute, the showing up early. We're almost always required to show up 15 minutes early and stay a little bit later. And that's usually unpaid time, just side note. Mm -hmm. So it's essentially two hours for that one hour class, but mm -hmm. you're paid for one hour. The pay we'll talk about another time, but then on top of that time commitment, then you also have to plan your classes and any other sort of preparation that you do, whether it's making playlists or um, just creating themes, things like that. They take up a lot of time. So that 25 hours can easily be 50, 50 plus hours mm -hmm. a week. And so that's exhausting. I want to go back to what you were saying um, about like, being organized in terms of your sequencing. Mm -hmm. So, and you, which I think that's harder for you because you did teach so many formats when you were here. I don't teach a lot of different formats. I mainly 95% of the time I'm teaching a vinyasa class. So if you're someone who's maybe just teaching one format, but you're like, okay, well, I teach a Monday class to beginners. So that, that, that beginners class is going to be different than, you know, my intermediate class on Wednesday night. It's like, mm -hmm. that's all scalable though. Like you could mm -hmm. have a class that you scale, like it's the same class, but you scale it for beginners, intermediate and more advanced, mm -hmm. you know? So like your theme is backbends. It's like, okay, well in the, the beginners class, you're going to focus on some very fundamental backbends. And then maybe in the intermediate class, you focus on wheel and in the advanced class, you do dropbacks, but it's all say it's in, within the same theme. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the main ways without like getting rid of some classes to help with burnout. Mm -hmm. Like when you you're can, prepared, yeah, when you're prepared, it's you're, you feel less burnt out. Exactly. So at that time when I was teaching 25 classes, I was preparing, but I was still burning myself out. I think there are reasons to teach that much, usually all to do with finances and stuff. Or yeah. for me, I was just trying to stay busy, busy in winter. I was like so bored when I took on all these classes, but we were still in I had the same problem. I was so bored. No, but we were still in lockdown. Like things were weird. I just said like teaching got me out of the house. So I was like, yeah. okay. I'm joking because Gianna, Gianna is always telling that I have a robust social life. I do say that. Well, because your social life, we don't need to talk about this on the <laughs> podcast, <laughs> but it's like number one priority. It's not number one priority, but it's up there. I like to have a good time with my, with my queer friends. And that's why I don't let you come out because you're not queer. And if you're not queer, you're not cool. And if you're not cool, you're not coming out. That was really harsh. <laughs> do you see the abuse that I I'm put up with? Literally kidding everyone. Please do not attack me and be like, don't be mean to Gianna because she's not queer. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the only one that cares. Uh, you always like <laughs> you'll always introduce me on your Instagram as your heterosexual friend. <laughs> and then tell I only me have that, one. I only have one. And then you tell me that I'm boring. No, you're yeah, not. Okay. Okay. How we're boring. literally, we're, we're literally obsessed with each other and we accept each other for our sexualities and we're moving <laughs> and we're moving on. Okay. So burnout sucks. That's so, what we're yeah, talking and if about. You're, and if you're gay, the burnout is more. <laughs> Why? 
because everything is so much effort because everything is so hard. You have to be gay and then you have to be burnt out. That's exhausting. (laughs) It's so stupid. stupid. Okay. No, no, but but I would, uh, yes. All, I think that another thing that can really help with burnout, and again, I understand I've been there when you're like, you're, you're hustling and there's so much hustling when at the beginning, when you first start teaching, you know, like trying to get your name out there, trying to teach as many classes as you can, blah, 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 is you need at least a day off. Mm-hmm. You need a day off. Yeah. Let me say it one more time. You need a day off. I have two days off in a row and it literally feels like Christmas every time that Saturday comes around. I'm like, this is Christmas because for so long I didn't have two days off and I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't have a day off, um, from January till August. And I would lie to myself. Yeah, you're psych. I would tell, but yes, I'm really good friends with Jenna. Like you need to take a deep breath and you need to stop teaching. You need to literally lay down. You need to eat fried chicken and just like, <laughs> you know, like being, you know what I mean? Well, like you need to relax. I want to tell you the lies I told myself. Okay. So, I l- let me hear, tell, tell me the lies. Yeah. The tell lies I the told lies. <laughs> Okay. So on Mondays I would finish teaching at 6 PM. I taught a five to six and then I didn't teach again until Tuesday night at seven 45. So I was like, Oh, that's 24 hours off. <laughs> So that was the lie that I told myself because it was after, you know, 6 p.m. the following day. I was like, that's more than 24 hours, but it wasn't a full day where like I can just have to do nothing or to do whatever it is for myself that I wanted to do. So I, I regretted that, but I also like wanted to stack my schedule in a different way and it just never happened. I was like trying to make those shifts. Also, G, you knew that it wasn't going to be like that forever because you were also yeah. in the process of like, I'm going to move probably like yeah. it, what you knew that like, and it's much, it's different when you're like, okay, I'm going to do this for six months. I'm going to really hustle, make a shit ton of money. And then I'm gonna like, you know, going to have a break or I'm moving or like yeah. next chapter. That's different than like four years of doing that. And that's, I mean, I'm not trying to compare it, but like, that's what no. I did. And like, I almost stopped teaching. It's true. And I did that for that period of time because I knew that I was going to move away and like probably not have work for a while. So it was very strategic on my part. Mm -hmm. When you were doing that, you were a lot more energetic and younger. You were like a lot greener to teaching. Yeah, totally. I think if you tried to do that now, you'd be like, hell no. A hundred. Yeah. A hundred percent. Also, I would like to say like, and this is not to discourage anyone, but like I at all, uh, when it comes to teaching full time and we can, you know, this is kind of another discussion. I don't want to um, veer off too much, but I do want to say that like, it's easier to be less burnt out when you're younger and you have more energy and no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I, when I started it's teaching, true. it's just like, I didn't know. I like literally was working. I worked a little bit at Apple. I was like, you know, partying on the weekends, working like in working quote unquote in Boys Town at like a gay bar. Like I just, I had no money. I like didn't have a lot of purpose <laughs> at the time. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so when I first started teaching it was like, I just hit the ground running, running so hard because mm-hmm. I was young and I had energy and I had no money. So the thought that people were going to pay me to teach, I was like, oh, I can teach, you know, at that time I'm so naive. I'm like, I can teach 25 classes a week and make a killing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I think that that at the time was a, a blessing in disguise in some ways and also led me to a lot of burnout, but I don't know, it's a double-edged sword. I'm not, I'm not mad that it happened, but like when people, you know, quit their day jobs and they're going to teach full-time, I don't think they realize the amount of the, how quickly the burnout can kind of hit you. 
Mm-hmm. Can we kind of lay out what burnout felt like for us? And then yeah. um, the ways in which we could like try mm-hmm. to remedy yeah. from that? I think just to do like, you kind go of be or clear. do you want to go? Do you want to go? Well, you, you were just, yeah, you were just talking about, you know, what that was like for you when you were younger and you said you almost mm. quit. So like, what was it like for you that made you want to quit? And then how mm. did you mm. stay in it? There's a couple things. One, uh, I, my mom died when mm-hmm. I was 20, 20, 2016, 27. I had been teaching full-time for about five or six years. Then I was mm-hmm. very, very, very depressed And I was just not feeling any kind of motivation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if this is what my day is going to look like teaching 20 classes a week, um, I can't do this. I just felt completely exhausted, uninspired and lost in, in terms of like, why did I even start doing this? Like, what, like, like you kind of like when you're, you you take your head out of the sand and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Well, you just named something very traumatic and very, you know, bit major life change on top of that. So I'm, I think that those two things together, I can totally get that. Were you feeling Mm. any bit burnt out before your mom's passing? For sure. But I'll, I'm going to be very honest with you is like, for me, um, I think like during a lot of that time I was working, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. Um, it's okay. Yeah. It's just like during, during that time too, I think I was teaching so much because my mom was sick Yeah, and I like, didn't want to face that deal with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're saying like, it's a, it's an, like work is a very easy way for you to just uh, not deal with the problem, not deal with or... the problem. Yeah. And so I feel like when my mom died, I was just, I had been, I was so, I was so burnt out and didn't even realize it because mm-hmm. I was using my teaching as an opportunity to just an opportunity. I use that like in quotes, air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Air quotes, like opportunity to, um, stop myself from feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, addictions come in all different ways, alcohol, Mm -hmm. smoking at work. And I think Mm -hmm. for, you know, a lot of people in the yoga industry that can be their addiction is teaching. I think I have that too. Yeah. So I, again, that's layered. I know it's, it's not just it's, one thing, but I think that, that my mom passing was really, really like I was burnt out before, but then mm-hmm. that happening, I was just like, Whoa, yeah, I'm lost. Was, yeah. Like it was eye opening in many other ways. Cause your life changed and you had to start looking at things a little bit differently. And Brash yeah, and-, and I have had many conversations about this sort of topic and um to get personal for a second. I feel like we attract students who've lost a parent as both of yeah. us have lost parents and so we've bonded over this before but it changes you and we could have a whole other podcast episode on this but I think when you're in those moments of like confronting your grief and like assessing where you're at just from a mental health perspective, you start Mm. to like reorganize everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would like to say on that, on that, you know, the positive thing, because I think that as corny as it sounds like out of the darkness does come to the light, does come to light. And sometimes you just have to be in a really a place you're like, I'm not going to get out of this. And then something pulls you out. And for me, that was stepping away from teaching and training again. Mm hmm. Oh, okay. So that came pretty soon after. 
Yeah, soon two couple years after that, I think okay. I would say two two and a half years after, mm-hmm. um, and that really re inspired me and put me in a new direction of mm-hmm. um, how I wanted to teach, what I wanted to teach, and what I was doing. Um, yeah. But I felt lost there for for quite a while. So that's kind of what my um, burnt so out looked like. Mm-hmm. I think, like in general, when you hear burnout, it's obviously related to stress and being overwhelmed or sometimes fatigue, like just not being able to, um, to stay motivated or inspired to keep doing what you're doing essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think like for me going back to like being a student, just as Brad just said, like being re-inspired by going for more training, that's been one of the most helpful ways for me to, um, come out of burnout as well. I think though, being as, when I say being a student, I don't really mean like we need, you need to do another training, but I, it was really easy for me to lose my practice. And so we, Bradshaw and I have also talked about this at length, but to share more publicly, I feel like full-time yoga teachers, maybe even part-time yoga teachers who are working full-time elsewhere, it's really easy to lose your own personal practice once you start teaching. And if you're teaching the way we just described with us commuting from one place to the next, to the next, like what time, what do you want to do with your free time after that? You probably don't want to like go to the yoga studio again, or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like my free time became so much more precious or I was like, whether I wanted to literally just sit on the couch and do nothing, or I wanted to see friends who I haven't seen all week, or I wanted to walk my dog and get cookies, you know? That, that's also like another, I think another sign of burnout, because this has happened to me where like, I'll come home and like, it, it's totally fine to be like, I need some time to myself. I want to relax. But if I feel completely depleted mm-hmm. to the point where like, I don't want to talk to my partner I want to lay in bed and like just lay there because I have no energy at all left for anything else. That's mm-hmm. another sign. Yeah. You know, like I have nothing else to like, I need to like have a little reserve yeah. for my mental health, for my well being, for my body, for what well, you know, for me. Um, and I think that we've talked about this in, you know, in past episodes about boundaries and you know, to be honest with you, of course I can get on tangents, but I have been thinking a lot about like interacting with people in my class more, you know what I mean? Like after talking to them, talking to them before and kind of rediscovering that boundary. Cause I think for so, for so long, since I did burn out so badly, I'm afraid of people taking too much energy from me. So I just leave mm-hmm. where like now I'm like, I think that's in some ways kind of led to at times like disconnection from my students. So now I'm trying to figure out, okay, like I want to talk to a couple of people after class And then I'm going to leave. I'm not going to stay forever, but I'm going to work on interacting a little bit more. And I think that sometimes it's just like that ebb and flow, that give and take, that recalibration of what what that looks like. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. So you kind of are going on- 16 tangents. 16 tangents. But one of them is, the tangent you're on is how to kind of like minimize the demands, some of the demands of, you know, what- part of the yoga teacher's job or responsibility is. Mm -hmm. So I want to bring like a tiny bit of organization to this conversation because um, there's so many layers, so many parts to it. But I think the first part is just like 
recognizing when you're burnt out, whether it's, you know, withdrawing from things or literally feeling fatigued or feeling, you know, restless or whatever, depressed, angry, so many different emotions that could be layered into that. And then, um, once you recognize it, you're like, okay, well, which areas can I like look at and which Mm -hmm. areas can I tweak and whatnot? So for Bradshaw, one of the ways to tweak things was the boundaries and, and the energy reserve, I'll call it. Um, for me, something that I did when I, I mentioned scaling back how many classes that I was teaching, I scaling back also means less money. Right. So I had to like try to scale back, but make more. So I'm like, okay, so which classes are kind of like paying me the least? Can I get rid of these? And then that like creates an opportunity or an open time slot in my schedule that where maybe I replaced it with something else. And then I got rid of something else that was like lower paying or whatever. And now I'm telling you like just strategic business secret right now, because that's what I had to do. It was like a mental game of like, how can I teach less, but still make a similar amount because I want to make this similar amount because that's what I need to live on and so on. So it takes a little bit of organization and you're going to have to like figure out this number for you and do that same kind of, uh, dance with your schedule. <laughs> so that's scaling back. was always a good idea. And then so we've something got- else that helps you scale back too is just sometimes a vacation and it doesn't have to be three months, but even just like, okay, like I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm taking the next couple of days off. I'm taking four days off in a row mm-hmm. or next month. I'm taking four days off. Cause I need to rest. I need to reassess. Totally. And that I think was- that you can, even if you're like, oh my God, money, it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then t- <laughs> I know you're already teaching a lot, but teach an extra couple of classes that week. So you can have four consistent days off. Yeah. Something that I would do. Cause you know, as yoga teachers, we don't really get paid time off. I mean, we Mm -hmm. don't get it. I mean, not that we don't really get, we don't get paid time off. So like switching classes that you can free up like a longer weekend or whatever, but Mm -hmm. because it could be the thing that like re-energizes you and like saves your career or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's super important to have that time off, not just the one day off fresh. I was talking about, but like at least every now and then take like a proper vacation where you can detach. Yeah. 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 We love to, I mean, we love our time off too. I don't consider retreats for us. This is just side note because we travel a lot. Those are not vacation for us. We are, especially if you're traveling with Gianna, Jesus Christ, it's like you're sleeping and she's like, well, what do you think we should teach next tomorrow at five (laughs) o'clock? I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to sleep. Well, that's that's snoring. Did I tell you I'm getting a sleep test? Yeah. But now you're telling everyone. So I, everyone, I'm getting a sleep test. I think I have sleep apnea. Keep going. (laughs) Um, yes. Taking time off. What else do we want to, okay. So taking time off, I think you need to like fully just like last point on this. Like when you take time off, don't like work. Don't do yoga. Or like, don't, yeah. Like if you're a yoga teacher, just like take a break from the yoga. Like I, Mm. I, I used to like, my sister works a lot, a lot, a lot. She's like a business mogul or something, but like she'll take time off and like her computer is like on her lounge chair, but she's in the sun. I'm like, no, 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 no. Put that away. Mm -hmm. So like, really, you love my, you love my sister. (laughs) I'm literally obsessed with her sister. I'm obsessed Uh, with Gianna's entire family. That's true. Okay. Last point. I think 
this one I have a harder time with than you do is like because I was just thinking about this like how part of the reason why I burn out is because I like say yes to every opportunity so I think like you have to know when to say no yeah learning how to say no yeah forget that book that says says yes to everything say no to everything Gianna, <laughs> okay wait I think did we tell the okay Gianna won't be like okay I have to do this for this job and I have to show up at this toy and I have to bring this and I have to do this and I what do I say no yeah you'd be like, I would never do any of that <laughs> um okay and then just like wrapping all this up in a pretty boat things that you can do to make your job a little bit easier is to like be organized, to have mm-hmm. a plan, whether it's for the week or two weeks or month or so on. And then See if you can set up your classes two in a row or uh, at studios where the locations are close together. Yeah. And then try not to work when you don't need to work and then mm-hmm. commit to taking time for yourself, whether it's again, to do nothing or mm-hmm. to go back to your practice. Cause I think most yoga teachers started teaching yoga because they loved yoga yeah, <laughs> and then burnout could make you not like yoga or to lose your practice. So mm-hmm. try to reignite your love for the practice by committing to your practice, by keeping yourself inspired. And Bradshaw, you've been feeling really inspired lately. Um, and I feel like you haven't felt so inspired for the last couple of months. So like What's making you inspired right now? How are you getting back to that point where you're like excited to be on your mat? There's a couple of things. I think that I'm really focused more as I get older on just my overall mental health and well-being, physical and mental. And for so long that the yoga practice was such a, you know, a big part of of my at least my my well, yeah, my physical and mental health. And it took a back seat and I really was feeling uninspired and for me one of my my main neuroses neuroses neurosee uh is uh, <laughs> is ocd like an obsessive compulsive disorder and uh i'm not joking i really do have ocd and so Same. when it comes to, yeah it's like we have it in two very different ways um <laughs> it's astounding as my yeah so whatever so um for me the obsession is it has to be an hour like it, i have to practice for an hour and it doesn't count if it doesn't practice for an hour or if i'm not practicing for an hour and i just got to this point where i'm like that's bullshit and all in my head just completely made up and i was like you know I, i've been seeing people i you know what have honestly been inspiring me students because i could, i've been teaching some different stuff teaching backbends they they're so excited to learn they're so excited to try and i'm like i need to get back to that space so what felt really tangible to me and um, not overly time consuming is I'm going to commit to practicing 25 minutes for five days a week, mm-hmm. 25 minutes, five days a week. And also I'm going to keep the sequencing very simple. I'm going to do stuff that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do handstands. I'm going to, you know, do standing postures. I'm going to practice more hot to style than vinyasa and do just a little flow. I'm just going to do what, do what I like to do keep it simple and have it be 25 minutes. And Mm -hmm. that's just like, really, um, I can conquer that. And it feels good Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, I committed, I carved this time out. I did it. Um, and in some ways I feel like I'm starting over and I think that that's always inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. I think once you can get rid of the pressure that things have to be a certain way and just kind of literally go with the flow, you're already 
you know, starting from a great point to then just like build up from. Um, I used to think that way of having to always have an hour practice. And I think somewhere along the lines of teaching so much, I kind of threw it out the window because I knew that I can't practice at home. I get so distracted at home, whether it's my dog or the fuzz on the floor or something like I've literally started practices and then started vacuuming like two minutes into it. Cause I like, I'm like, Oh God, you're like, I actually need to wash my mat. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's what I do. I'll be like, Oh, I, I was shedding and I need to vacuum. <laughs> you know what I do though? You know what I do? And I'm just thinking about this is I actually don't practice at home. Yeah. So that, practice, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. That's, I'm practicing would, at Chicago athletic clubs or Zen. I'm sorry. I keep going G. I know. Well, you, you know, you interrupted me and then took over. Yeah. Well, like, it's exactly. It's like, well, I am a man and I should and, be in control and you're the star. No, <laughs> um, but that's, that's Everyone, why we're kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> Dude, please do not take that. <laughs> Have you listened to the misogynistic yoga podcast? (laughs) Well, here's the funny thing is that I'm so used to like what I'm going to like put in quotes, a stupid humor that sometimes I just like ignore it and keep going. You're like, wait, 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 we have to tell people we're joking. Make sure that we're joking. (laughs) Well, because like we get that we're joking, but like we're afraid like it may not read. So we just want everyone to know. Maybe we should just not do it. So we don't have to talk about it. Keep going. That's true. Okay. (laughs) But as Bradshaw was saying, like, sneaking in like 20 minutes after I teach in like an empty yoga room has been really, really helpful for me. And it's it's usually, you know, just enough time, like Bradshaw said, to like feel good, just to to feel good without being overwhelmed. And then um, typically another class has to come in. So you don't really have that much time anyway, but that's helped me do like a self-led practice without being home. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, and also like a lot of gyms, at least in Chicago, like they, there are at off times, those, like those studios typically aren't being used. You can go mm-hmm. in and like, maybe there's three people in there, but like, you know, you can go there and do a practice. People are like on their iPhones doing their own practice or their own mm-hmm. thing with their headphones in. Like, I, I don't think if you're a member of a gym that it's that hard to, um, find a space to do it. I agree. It's like the yoga teacher's equivalent to like working in a coffee shop for the day. <laughs> it's like you know, bringing your laptop. And- I actually do. Um, I do a full fledged vinyasa practice at the, at the coffee shop, <laughs> just so people know I'm legit. <laughs> I'm like, hi, could I have a, um, a venti cold brew? And could you shove it down my gullet while I'm in this, while I'm in this bakasana? Well, <laughs> well, getting back to the point, the point is you want to keep your practice inspired so that one, you're taking care of yourself. You're committing to that routine. And also too, it's just going to bleed into everything you're trying to bring into your public classes. And when you're inspired, hopefully your students will feel inspired. Um, and just because you talked a little bit about what you're inspired by, I'm just going to tell everyone, even though no one asked me anything about myself, that's um, not true. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm being a martyr. (laughs) Even though no one cares about me at all. Oh my God. <laughs> um, no, I've been, I've been, well, I've been going through my own like recovery from COVID journey and not to get into it, but my muscles have been really, really fatigued. So like everything is different for me right now, but something that I'm the silver lining or the inspiration that I'm pulling from that is just to sprinkle in a little bit more strength training in my yoga practice so that I 
can feel normal again. I don't know what normal is, but like myself again. And so everything just feels like a little bit, a little bit off right now. So yeah, but I'm really, I think you're inspiring because you, (laughs) I'm not kidding. I think you're inspiring because you do put an effort to like, okay, I'm going to like get back on my mat. I'm going to go take these classes. Like Mm -hmm. you do, you do do that. I was like sneaking onto your, your online account. I don't want to name names, but for a while, I was using using your login for your, for your online subscription. I won't mention names, but I was practicing (laughs) for like a good portion of last year. But now Mm. I'm like, I'm in Florida. I'm going to group classes. I'm throwing myself into, you know, the public sphere just because I don't want to be in my own head but I will start sprinkling a little bit more like strength-based stuff. Cause I know that's what I need. Can I add one more thing? And like, cause just, I want to be frank that like, sometimes if you're like, so like, we're like, go do it, you know, go take off time and go do it. Maybe you go to a training. Sometimes financially that's not, you know, feasible for a lot of people. So if that's the case, something you can do is like you, there are places that you can practice online with teachers from all around the world that, um, isn't going to break the bank and, and going to take their classes sometimes a little outside of your community to just see what's out there, I think is also inspiring. And, and, and again, more financially feasible than doing, you know, a $4,000 training or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taking time off. I mean, we said vacation, but time off Mm -hmm. could just be like a staycation, like just Mm -hmm. do something you don't typically do throw away the pressure and the work agenda if you can. All right. I think it's that time we have to tell our funny story because I can't stop thinking about mine. Okay. So you should start then. What is the funny thing about yoga this week, Bradshaw? All right, everyone. People think I don't get embarrassed, but I do. And this is what happened. I was teaching dropbacks into wheels, into wheel. So standing, dropping back into the wheel and then standing back up. And I'm like, I've been doing that shit since I was like fucking five years old. And I like, to me, it's like, I got it. Back pocket, no big deal. Well, that's not the case at Zen (laughs) Tuesday night at 6 p.m. I dropped back into wheel, went to get back up, fell backwards like four steps and fell like I'm okay, but I fell. And everyone was like, it was like 33 people in the room. They were like, and I was like, I am okay. And I was fine. (laughs) But let me just tell you, I ate shit. And I was so embarrassed. Oh my God. Yeah, that's bad. Thanks. I, that made me feel a lot better. Well, <laughs> well, that's my deadpan just reaction. Is, yeah, you're like, oh, that's oh my God, horrible. That's bad. That. <laughs> you're like, that's bad. Sorry, Gotta don't go. go to me to make you feel better. <laughs> um, no, but you did call me and I was like, my first reaction was, are you okay? I was like, did you get hurt? And then we started talking a little bit about like, I don't know if anyone listening to this can relate, but like sometimes when you are so accustomed to doing certain things, like no matter how much time has passed by, it just feels like it's going to be as effortless as it always It has was. been effortless. It has been effortless. Okay. I've been well, it literally clearly for two it weeks. wasn't. This time it was not clear. effortless because I fell. Okay. Well, that's but embarrassing. Like, okay? Yeah, but I know. But Jenna, <laughs> once out of 20 times of coming up, that's not that bad. Okay, but I like. Okay, tell me. Yeah, exactly. Your point is like, I can bear stuff and you still fall. (laughs) You're rude. I just, okay. okay. I love you so much. Tell me it's funny. Let me tell you something funny. Okay. So 
I think I'm going to tell a story about a funny audition I went to, an audition experience. So we're talking about like burnout and like working. And when I was very, very new to teaching, I was going on a million auditions and I like, I really needed to get my, you know, land my first teaching jobs. And I remember this one particular audition. It was in South Florida and I'm not going to name names, but it was a big corporate gym. And the audition was your typical audition. It was like, everyone got like two minutes. We'll have a whole episode on that later. But after the audition, wild. okay, they gave us two minutes and it took like three hours of time because there were so many people there. And then I didn't know how many people they were hiring, but after the audition, they told us to do a group hug. So now like imagine like a, a, group, a group, you know, hug. you know me, Jan, I'm like, I'm not working there. I know a group hug with like 25 people. So we're all just like locking arms. And then like, they told us what are like heads down at center. Some people were forehead to forehead. Okay. And then they're swaying back and forth in this group hug. And then the teachers facilitating the audition started singing. All you need is love. <laughs> <laughs> I can't Did you make get this the job. Up. Did you get the job? No, I didn't get the job. Also, I was like, okay, but I also need money. <laughs> like, all I need is not love. I also need to get this job. So, you're, did like, I I'll get hug, you're like, I'll hug anyone because <laughs> you give me the job and I get you'll give me my <laughs> You so, end every class in Shavasana with that song. All you need is love. <laughs> love is just a game. I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. Okay, but, no, but, but don't you think that's kind of ridiculous? Yeah, 100%. But also remember 10 years ago, and I, I do not agree to this, <laughs> but I w was a part of it where everyone would be like, let's do airplane and put our arms on everyone. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. The thought of doing that now is so crazy. Group hugs? No. <laughs> no and i also don't like that thing that they do in some like look into your like you, you know you in teacher training sometimes they do this you're like look into your you know your friend's eyes and like for a minute just yeah. see into them without laughing and i'm just like this is stupid i don't need to look at her soul been there i mean i think that could be really profound with like someone you're trying to build intimacy with but usually you're like staring at someone that just flew yeah, in like, like that who's this, morning yeah, like, who's this who's mary <laughs> from arkansas and why am i looking into her fucking eyes you know i mean like why what's going on here but if it were me and you it would have been love oh if if you and i were looking we would be making out we'd be on the floor we'd be on the floor macking it sometimes sometimes bradshaw will just like catch a glimpse of me and you or you'll catch you, me and you, you me and listening. you yeah no, no, sorry i'm like wait what what tense am i speaking you will catch a glimpse of us together in the mirror and you'll be like, wouldn't we have beautiful children? <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> they would be short, but Italian and really cute. Um, flexible and strong. The perfect flexible. I, I have some flexibility. Did you see my prep myself led practice? Yeah, but I you're stronger than you are flexible. And I'm more flexible than I am strong. <laughs> see, perfect. So together we could actually be a real human being. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that concludes the episode thank you guys for listening remember please rate review and subscribe and we only want five star ratings. yeah if you're gonna give three stars someone gave three stars 
fuck you. And I need you to take that out. I need you to delete it. And then I need you to put five stars. If you're going to literally put three stars, like why even at least put one? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like three, like why even do it? No, here's, here's my thought. I want to know, cause I'm always into like, oh, like, like, no, actually, we, I how, don't want to know why I don't want to know why don't just give us whatever bad star. Don't give us a bad star. And then on top of that, tell us how you actually feel. So everyone can see it online, slide into my DMS <laughs> and let me know. <laughs> I think this is too much pressure for Bradshaw, but please five-star reviews only. Or five star review, if not, just don't listen to it and we'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye everyone. All you need is love. Love is just a game. I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. The only way of loving me, baby, is to pay a lovely fee. Just I have one a night. question, though. Do you know the real lyrics to Shut all Shut up. That's from Moulin Rouge. And literally just stop the podcast. <laughs>